Chapter 2 She belonged to him. He was locked inside a cage the size and shape of a coffin. A dark thrill heated his blood like a powerful, intoxicating drug. When the time came, he would purify the woman and cleanse himself with her blood. But tonight was not the time. The ritual had to be followed correctly. The woman must be made to comprehend and acknowledge the great wrong that she had done. There was no finer instructor than fear. He huddled inside the concealed lift, listening to the sounds of someone moving about in the bedroom on the other side of the wall. There was a narrow crack in the panelling. Excitement sparked through him when he caught a glimpse of the woman. She was at her dressing table, adjusting the pins in her dark brown hair. It was as if she knew he was watching and was deliberately taunting him. She was passable in appearance, but he had seen her on the street and had not been particularly impressed with her looks. She was overly tall for a woman, and her forceful character was etched on her face. She was dangerous. It was all there in her unnerving eyes. No wonder he had been sent to purify her. He would save her from herself, and save himself in the process. She was not the first woman he had saved. Perhaps this time he would finally be cleansed. The lift had been installed inside the thick walls of the old mansion for the purpose of conveying an elderly, infirm lady from one floor to another. But the woman had died a few years ago, leaving the big house to her granddaughter and grandson. He had been told that neither of them made use of the device. Having been locked inside the cage for what felt like an eternity, he understood why. The air was close and still, and the darkness was almost as absolute as that of the grave. Almost. He was free to descend in the lift at any time. It was operated by an arrangement of ropes and pulleys that could be controlled from either inside or outside the compartment. He knew how it functioned because he'd had a helpful chat with one of the many tradesmen who came and went from the mansion on the days when the woman held the outrageous parties she was pleased to call salons. The truth was that the only difference between her business and a brothel was the pretense of respectability that she succeeded in giving the social gatherings. The tradesman had informed him of the usefulness of the lift for conveying heavy items between floors. The man had also mentioned that the woman never made use of the lift. Evidently, she had a fear of being trapped inside the cage. The woman rose from the dressing table chair and moved out of sight. A moment later, he heard the muffled sound of the bedroom door opening and closing. Silence. He slid the cage door aside and opened the wooden panel. The wall sconce had been turned down low, but he could make out the bed, the dressing table and the wardrobe. He moved out of the lift. The heady exhilaration he always experienced at such moments roared through him. 
With every step of the ritual, he came closer to achieving his own purification. For a precious few seconds, he debated where to leave his gift. The bed or the dressing table? The bed, he decided. So much more intimate. He crossed the room, not concerned with the soft thud of his footsteps. The guests had begun to arrive. There was a fair amount of traffic in the long drive that led to the front steps of Cranley Hall. The rattle of carriage wheels and the clatter of hooves created a great deal of noise. When he reached the bed, he took the velvet pouch and the black bordered envelope out of the pocket of his overcoat. He opened the pouch and removed the jet and crystal ring. A fashionable item of memento mori jewellery. The stone was engraved with a gilded image of a skull. The woman's initials were inscribed in gold on the black enamel.